Ready? Absolutely. Here we go. You are listening to Learning Transforms from the Faculty of Education at the University of Victoria. We are coming to you from the traditional territories of Lekwungen people and recognize the Songhees, Esquimalt, and Wissanich people's historical relationships with the land. Welcome to the show. So, Shanine, what are we talking about today? Well, today we have a student who's here to visit with us, Nick Henry. Welcome, Nick. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, we're glad that you're here. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're studying? Yeah. So, I'm going to tell you about uh, so I, what I said there, I introduced myself in my language, which is in Chathan, and I said, good day, everyone. My traditional name's Aichult, but everyone can call me Nick. I come from Saanich, and I come from the Pakuchin Nation. Um, so yeah, I am a UVic student in the education department, going for my Bachelor of Education in elementary, elementary school, to become an elementary school teacher. Um, and yeah, I did a two-year language revitalization diploma program, learning my my language in Chathan, and yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> you know, it's wonderful to hear you speaking your language, yeah. especially when you're introducing yourself. I really appreciate that. Yeah, hi, Shka. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's something I always like to do um, whenever I do have the opportunity to introduce myself. So... It's yeah. good modeling for a teacher. Yeah. And you are also a podcaster. Can you yeah. tell us about your podcast and um, what it's about and what it's called? And mm -hmm. So, yeah, I have produced a podcast series. I uh, call it Who Will Know Radio. It is a podcast. It was a summer job posting with CFUV, which is the... UVic's campus radio station. So um, last summer, I, I didn't even I, well, I didn't even know we had a campus radio station here. Um, but one of my old instructors asked if I saw the job posting, and they're like, "Oh, the deadline's coming up. You should you should really apply." Um, and because radio and broadcasting is something I always wanted to get into, but I never really pursued it like either academically or like in my spare time um, because I hadn't and I also have like no experience in it either but I, after I read the job posting um, they said there was no experience needed so um, I was going back and forth up until the the deadline thinking should I do it should I not do it what if this happens <laughs> and um but yeah, I decided to do it. I submitted my resume and cover letter like the last 20 minutes before the deadline. And um, yeah, so summer of 2018, it was more of a radio show. I got to produce and host the radio show, one hour show. And since it was a radio show, I also got to play music. Um, and this past summer of 2019, it was... The job posting was a bit different. It was producing three podcast episodes and then um, 
when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is going to be so different. Like, because last summer I did seven shows. And yeah, it was, I was like, oh, well, this is going to go by really fast if I'm only doing three. But um, yeah, producing podcasts, a podcast show was very different than a radio show. They both have their differences, but um, it's, yeah, it was all Indigenous content, and um, I'm really proud of the, the the stuff I did put together. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Nick, your program's called Huilnu. Huilnu, yeah. And what does that mean, and how did you uh, come to name your program <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah, uh, Huilnu translates to Indigenous in Sanjathan, so... Um, yeah, I just thought I'd call it Huilno Radio, so like Indigenous Radio, just because it, it was filled with Indigenous content produced and hosted by an Indigenous person, and like I played Indigenous music last summer, so I thought that was very fitting. Um, but there's another name I almost called it. I was, wasn't too sure if I should have went with that or not, because when I first got the job last summer, I kind of wanted to really promote local um people and indigenous people so um there's a book called the saltwater people and that's kind of how what we call our our, our sandwich people call ourselves the saltwater people so um i called my language mentor to ask him if it was all right that i use that name and call my show that name um and he said it was fine, so for about a week last summer, that's that's what it was called for a bit. Um, but none of my none of the content was out yet. Like I slowly started telling people, I'm like, oh, this is what the show's gonna be called. But then I realized, oh, I don't think it's all gonna be just local indigenous people. So I kind of want to make it kind of inclusive to all indigenous people. So I just went with Cool Enough Radio. I listened to an episode where you were talking about um, language revitalization mm-hmm. in the program, and you had interviewed a, a whole bunch of people. I didn't count, but there was mm-hmm. probably a dozen or more people you went out and talked to about their experience in the program. I really appreciated how you strung them all together to tell that story. And I'm wondering how language revitalization fits into uh, the bigger podcast and also your your mm-hmm. sort of own learning journey. Yeah. Last summer, I interviewed um, people who were in my language revitalization program and asked them about their journey. And then I got a handful of the Sanchothan immersion students from the immersion school we have. And I interviewed them, and it was cool to hear what they had to say, just being children and all. And then this year, I decided to do another language revitalization episode, but it kind of st- came from because I heard like the UN, United Nations declared this year as the year of indigenous languages. So I kind of wanted to promote that. And I got seven people with six different indigenous languages. And I, they were all peers and friends that I've met since last summer who I've either seen or heard of them doing revitalization for their community or in their community. So. I reached out to them and asked if they'd be willing to be on my show and yeah I think it's really cool that I got to yeah promote six other 
indigenous languages and you're using new technologies in really different ways to do mm-hmm. different things, including teaching yeah. and towards language preservation. How did you start this journey towards language? I started this journey. Okay, there's there's a story that got me into language. Um, the summer before the program started, I was working at a Mexican deli restaurant and that day i was the only person who was working who wasn't mexican and um so all my other coworkers were working and talking to each other in spanish so i didn't know what they're saying so i was kind of in my own corner working doing some food prep and just keeping to myself and then my coworker came up to me and asked if i knew anything in my language and i said i only know like a couple words here and there and then that next week I saw a Facebook post saying that they're still looking for people to join this language revitalization program um, so if you they said if you're interested come see so-and-so so I quickly went to go see them to see if there's still room or if I was able to do it because it was midway through summer so I don't know if that was too late or not <clears throat> but they're still taking people so I went and registered and I was a bit nervous because it was a university um, program and the couple times I in the past when I did try to go back for post-secondary I didn't do so well in like academically in those programs so yeah I was just kind of nervous but also excited that I was going to be able to learn my language. And yeah, that's how I kind of got into language revitalization. And it's working. Yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. You know, Nick, I've listened to the program as well, and I find Mm -hmm. it so beautiful to Mm -hmm. hear Indigenous people speaking about things that are a priority to them. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate that you've taken up this initiative and that you're giving back in this way, Mm -hmm. uh, a a wonderful way to feature language speakers and musicians and artists. Uh, I think it's just fantastic. Who's been your favorite guest? Okay. Um, I don't know. There's, There's so many people... I had, I think, last summer, the first season, I had about 27 or 28 guests. And this summer, I had 16. And they were all amazing people. I I don't know if I have a favorite. I, they're all, they all brought different <laughs> stuff. Um, and, and they're all great. I really liked what everybody had to say about different topics. Um, and different ages um, and different people like some of them were one guest was my cousin um, another guest was a stranger that I didn't know so um, but I and yeah it was just yeah I don't have a favorite there there's they they all brought something different and I really enjoyed and was inspired by what 
they said in the, on the episode or in the interview that they were. That's fair. Of. Yeah. That's really fair. Yeah. That's a very diplomatic <laughs> answer from a podcast host. <laughs> yeah. When did language re- revitalization, your interest in language re- revitalization mm-hmm. and teacher education or becoming a teacher, when did they come together and how do, how do they support one another? Um, yeah, so growing up I didn't learn a language um, I didn't have the opportunity to have it at home either spoken to me um, but so once I saw that program um, it was a two-year program I was excited and also nervous and just with my previous post-secondary history I was hoping I was gonna get through it um, but also in that language revitalization program, we did a three-week three week, um, practicum in our Sanchathan Immersion School that we have out in Hussainich. And um, that was towards the end of our second year. And since it was coming to the end of our second year of that program, I was wondering what I wanted to pursue after that. Um, I was still not sure what I wanted to do after. Like if I wanted to pursue broadcasting or um, the program director for the language program also said that we could have, we could continue on to the Bachelor of Education degree. And I wasn't too sure if I wanted to become a teacher. Um, but it was in that three three week practicum, I was placed in a the kindergarten class and my mentor teacher Swatalicia Renee Sampson she was the teacher for that class and witnessing how she teaches and how her connections she made with her students and how passionate about the language she really was um, is what inspired me to pursue this teaching degree and uh, um come and do the Bachelor of Education program and um, yeah so I was inspired by her and that's kind of what led me into becoming a teacher. Well good on you for (laughs) seeing opportunity and seeing those doors open and continuing to step through the doors Mm -hmm. even when they take you to places of unknown. (laughs) Uh, That speaks a lot about your own sense of self and sense of family and community. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Yeah. it's just uh, led you in so many directions, not mm-hmm. only into your studies in teacher education, but also into podcasting and radio, mm-hmm. too. I think uh, your journey is going to continue on and, and become much more interesting in <laughs> yeah. the years ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, Nick, I want to thank you for yeah. joining us today on Learning Transforms. Uh, this has been a wonderful conversation mm-hmm. about your own podcast and about the work you're doing in language revitalization. We look forward to seeing how your career unfolds in the years ahead. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Aishka. This episode of Learning Transforms was produced by Julie Remy. Sound recording is by Bryce Many, and sound editing is by Emily Mabobi. I'm Ted Rekin. And I'm Shaneen Pete. Thanks for listening.